Blog Talk Radio. Jerry, and welcome to another edition of the Our Big Show. Rutgers will be homecoming this weekend, and they'll be playing Northwestern. And uh, as we look at the schedule, <laughs> it's uh, very unfortunate to say this is perhaps the easiest game of the rest of the season for the Stanley Knights, who are now dropped to one and six after a thirty-four to seven loss uh, at Maryland, which. Again, they were not very competitive in, um, including some very forgettable moments. But uh, we're going to chat away and continue talking about Rutgers because, obviously, uh, we care. That's why we're still here. Uh, I welcome my co-host, Rutgers Mo. Mo, uh, how are you doing this week? I'm deep within the bowels of the Oregon wine country, uh, but everything's fine. Um, prepare myself every Saturday for the game. Go through the, you know, we, we watch the game. We're going through the emotions. And um, don't know what else to say. Speechless, actually. Well, Still speechless. Hopefully, when you're watching, you're opening up some of that wine at the same time. I'm having it directly dripped. <laughs> directly <laughs> dripped into the system. Kind of an IV. We have a we have a nurse on here at all times, and just IV it straight up. Why bother? Well, perhaps that could be the next uh, um, promotion. Uh, you know, they did the brew fest. Um, uh, maybe we can just have the IV wine and alcohol during the game for for the fans that uh, can make it uh, or, or are brave enough to to get out there uh, uh, this weekend and and the next uh, two home games against Michigan and Penn State. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're let's just deal with this one, I guess, right? The one and O mentality, or whatever the, those numbers are. Um, That's that is right. So we, you know, uh, before we go on with the show, you, you know, it's I tell you, it's become tougher to even get up and you know do the podcast for myself, and I'm sure you and uh, you know those are out there that you know go to the games and have the season tickets it, it it's become a rough go. Um, you know, we're going to try, you know, not to talk too much about, I think the things that, you know, is on everybody's mind, which is, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, when are we firing coach Ash? If, when, what will this team do to show any progress? I think, uh, you know, there's many places that we can see that. So we're going to, you know, take it a little different. Remember, you know, it, it's a podcast and we're going to, try to offer a little bit different um, perspective um, looking forward uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about 
some of the players we want to see on the field over the next couple of weeks. Uh, uh, you know, we saw a little bit of Isaiah about Pacheco this week um, running the ball. You know, maybe there's some of that, and maybe just some young players on defense that we're going to see, and, and we'll talk. But uh, you know, we everyone talks about how they can you know, make a difference, and and like I say, I was. Uh, try to consider myself as an you know an ambassador in many ways uh, to Rutgers uh, over the years, and uh, you know I try to bring you know new people to the games uh, with our friends and have kids, and unfortunately um, you know, it's gotten so tough where uh, I, I do, don't even want to. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't want to expose uh, you know new people to this right now, and it's going to be tough. Uh, I, I you know I, I'm probably like many fans. Um, you know, have families and, uh, you, you know, it's, it's become difficult to, you know, when you go to a 12 o'clock game, you get out there, you know, uh, you leave your house, you know, maybe nine 30, you know, 10 o'clock, uh, you're not, you don't come back if you stay for the whole game, you know, till later in the afternoon. And it's, it's a sacrifice. And I think that's the, the thing, unfortunately, uh, this is not an area of the country where, you know, it re- where everything revolves around, uh, the football program. So, uh, you know, there's still youth games going on. There's kids that have parties and there's, uh, you know, other things to do, whether it's work on your house, go pumpkin picking and whatever it is. And I think that's what makes it tough. Uh, you know, I, I even myself have choices to make in where, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to make it out there. And it's not because I'm protesting. It's just because, uh, you know, you like everything you value your time and uh, it's become difficult. And I think that's what, uh, if the people who are out there that are paying attention in the athletic department and are going to start to see with the crowds over the next couple of games that um, it's it's not it's not a protest it, it's just going to become there's going to become apathy until uh, this team gets to be show some life or some competitive and you know I'm not making any kind of stand here and just telling the truth and uh, you know I think that that's what it is and less and less people are going to pay attention whether it's watching it or, or checking up on the team and. Uh, you know, that's that's where we are right now. Well, the word the word that you use that stuck that I think is the one that we probably need to put in the back of our brains and any of the listeners is sacrifice. If if watching a football game or going to a football game is a sacrifice, uh, similar to getting endodontics or uh, going to your dentist, it's never going to work. Again, going, we, we keep, you and I have gone back on this in several of our podcasts, but we've talked about the 2006, 7, 8, 9, whatever. Those weren't sacrifices. Those were fun games to go to. Even when we started off, whatever it was, you know, uh, I think it was in 07, we started off with a really bad record. Then suddenly we came around. We started winning games. Those were exciting games. We put up some big numbers. I think the thing is that we need to look at it like a product. And products need to have a they have, they have a shelf life, but they need to have something else. They need to have pizzazz. They need to have some electricity, some excitement, some energy. And right now, uh, without piling on, I'm I'm really not trying to pile on at this point. Rutgers doesn't have energy. It doesn't have any pizzazz. It's basically where we were maybe I don't know 18, 19 years ago. Uh, the 0-11 season comes to mind. Those weren't fun times. So I understand what you're saying. I'm in Oregon. I'm, I wouldn't be going to the game, but I've got my I've got my dish already set up for nine o'clock in the morning, and I do my ritual, and I'm going to watch the game. I never turn it off. I listen to WCTC 
for the uh, for the play-by-play. I listen to Ray Lucas cheering uh, cheering on. He's a homer. I love it. I absolutely love it. Carlin, I've met him a couple years ago in Vegas. I love it. I know that these guys basically want to see us do well. Um, we're going to need some help. We're going to need some major help. So hopefully our guest today may be able to shine some light on that. Maybe some of our discussion will, but we need an infusion. We need an IV. The IV that I was alluding to, which I don't really even drink, which is a shame, but um, the IV, if I was getting one, our team needs one. The whole team needs one. Rutgers Nation needs one. All of the fans, all of the alum, all of the sports uh, writers, all of the podcasts, we all need an IV. And where it starts, I don't know, but I guess you have to kind of put the the emphasis on a couple of things. One is the players and the other is the coaches. And somewhere that mix needs to gel. And, and that's, that's all I have to say back uh, on that one. I think you, you hit it on the head. It shouldn't be a sacrifice, though. That's a shame. Well, it, it should be a joy. Point. And I think, I think the other thing is, um, you know, for Rutgers fans that have been through some tough times, uh, uh, you know, we, we, it seems like a while ago, but, you know, there was a nice stretch run between, you know, 05 and 04 when you started to see some of the moments when they defeated, uh, you know, Michigan State that first time. And, you know, whether uh, it was 06 or, you know, 07 or 09, 10, you know, nine out of nine bowls in 10 years, uh, you know, there were moments, there were, there were, there were crowds that, that filled up the stadium. And, uh, you know, as you said, it, it, it was fun and, and uh, it, it's it's far from that right now, um, but it was there and it wasn't that far ago, and and I think hopefully um, it's not forgotten how how quickly uh, people jump back in the wagon if the product is there as you mentioned. So uh, we'll we'll have to see how how this this turns out. But uh, you know what? Let's um, let's let's shake it up a little bit, and uh, I'm going to throw some quest- quick questions at you and. Uh, give me some quick answers, and um, you know we'll see. You know your thoughts, and I'm sure, uh, you know, as a fan, you know where you probably represent a lot of those. So, uh, I guess first wait, question wait, wait. for you, Mister Guerra, is this is this a midterm or a pop quiz? This is going to be like a pop quiz. Some of them are going to be easy. Okay, like, pop answer, quiz. Like question question number one: uh, Is the team uh, going to go one and eleven? Do you, is this going to go? Is this team going one and eleven this year? My head tells me yes, and my heart is saying that I hope we pull out a, a victory. I don't care how we do it against somebody. The odds of that happening are, you know, astronomical. So, yeah, yeah, 111. All right. So, if if you get that uh, heart win, uh, if Coach Ash wins this week, do you think he saves his job? It's a start, isn't it? It's a different conversation if we would have be, if we would have beaten any if we would have beaten Illinois or Indiana or you know God, not necessarily Buffalo if we would have beaten another Big Ten team I don't think we'd be having these discussions quite as frantically as we are so you know let's face it uh, Wisconsin Michigan Michigan State look pretty tough Penn State doesn't look easy um, as you indicated Northwestern seems to be about the only 
theoretical winnable game, and yet on the other on the other side of the coin, the performances that they've had so far against teams within the Big Ten have been significantly better than what we've done. So you got to stick and, to it. Um, got to be a, a yes or no. If he wins this week, does he save his job? He's not getting fired this year anyway, so the answer is yes. <laughs> All right. All right. So then um, on to Artsikowski. Uh, should Artsikowski start this week? He, should he? No. Will he? Yes. He should not start. And, and there's, an article, there's an article about Lewis being converted over, and he's willing to do whatever it takes for the team, like D.C. Jefferson. I personally would have liked to see seen D.C. get a chance. I'd like to see Jalen uh, Chapman, who's a, a California guy, not too far from where I live when I go down to SoCal, where I have a house down there, and, um, and let him play three or four games. He wouldn't be burning his shirt that way and we could at least see what he has to bring to the table. It would give him a little taste of what the heck is going on. Sure, it would be against extremely uh, difficult uh, teams, but mm, there's no gimmies. There's no gimmies. So the answer anyway is, should he start? No. Will he start? Yeah, of course. Yeah, he's starting. So um, how about this one? Will Rutgers pass for over 10 yards this week? Yes. Yes. I, 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 <laughs> you took way too long on that one. Way too long on that one. No, no. I, mean, I, think, oh, I don't think we. I don't think we could hit a, hit another. This is this is the reverse of this is going like twenty five for twenty five or thirty for thirty for seven hundred yards and uh, twelve touchdowns. It it's statistically so bizarre. I don't know if you. I don't know if you looked at the box score, but it was incredible. Sikowski's quarterback rating was 1.1. Geo's rating was 0.1. As bad as Sikowski was, it was 11 times better than Geo's. I don't know what kind of numbers you're putting up, but, but it ranks in the all-time worst for the NCAA. It's, it's, it's horrible. So one can only get better. Hopefully he does. <laughs> That's right. So – yeah, can 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 we petition the NCA for a, a mercy rule in November? <laughs> I think that's a great idea, actually. It's kind of, it's kind of <laughs> it would be, and, and I and not not that we would ever even consider this, but uh, I, I think they actually do have situations where they do have running clocks. Um, if, 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 I'm pretty sure I've heard of that uh, in even in college football, but no, no, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but uh, um, <laughs> uh, we, it, it may be something that they want to look into. I, I, I agree. And um, the thing, the thing is, is the, 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 the monster and the, the elephant in the room has really been our performance this year. The expectations were higher. We were looking at going to a bowl game. I guess, I'm just trying to put it back in perspective so I understand it. Ash was talking about going to a bowl game. I bought in. I had had a conversation with um, a couple of Rutgers supporters who were well-known to the board. I'll just leave it that way. They're they're well-known individuals back in March in my hometown of Bloomfield. And they were, I wouldn't say negative, they were just telling me that it wasn't going to happen and the team wasn't going to get there and I couldn't believe it. And I've had to call at least one of them. I've been in touch with both. 
and indicate it looks like you guys were right, it, but it hurts, you know? So, um, so the next one, will it make a difference that Coach Ash is getting more involved in the defense? Yes. I, I don't think Neiman brings the energy. I don't think he brings the juice. And I think that Ash realizes if he's playing chess, which I think he is on some level, he's got to, he can see three moves ahead. And he knows whether or not he keeps Neiman or not is not the key. But if he can make an improvement in the defense, it isn't just for the theoretical sense of the next five games that we reduce the amount of the differential to uh, twice as much or three times as much as opposed to getting blown out five times as much. It's actually making a difference with the kids that we have because he's got to recruit. He's got to have, again, using that metaphor, the hyperbole, the IV, he's got to have recruits coming in, right? We've got to have, the, we've got to have new lifeblood coming in, people with different skill sets, people who are ready to come in and fill in in the job, whether they're as freshmen or um, JUCOs or grad transfers. They have to be ready to play. And so the answer to your question specifically is, yeah, I think that's his wheelhouse. I think he was good in defense, like Shiano, and I think it's, it's a smart move. Why it took this long, I don't know. I don't know why he was waiting this long. Maybe he didn't want to show up Neiman. But here's the point. It's his team. He's the CEO. He, he's, right now, his job theoretically isn't on the line for this year, but it definitely is for next. And so it's the smart move. Yes, he'll, have, he'll make a difference. That's my opinion. Well, I agree with that in terms of him. Um, you brought up a good point about recruiting because if the defense can show uh, any type of improvement that he can point to with a direct result of, of, of himself coaching up, uh, then you may be able to hang his hat a little bit on, on, on that in terms of um, the type of uh, scheme he's calling or, or you know, what he brings to the table as a coach. Um, you know, I, and, and the one thing to bring is, uh, and yeah, it's a good question that you said, you know, like why this took so long. Um, but a head coach is a head coach, and especially at college, uh, it, it's like you said, a CEO type of position where uh, you're, you're overseeing you know, game day preparation. You're overseeing um, everything that goes in the organization from, from recruiting to, you know, how these kids and when these kids practice and study and, uh, and, and uh, you know, to, get, to, to give them some slack, obviously there was a culture that had to be changed, uh, you know, with what he was left with uh, when he first came in. So that would necess- you know, make it necessary for him to not be, you, you, if he was just paying attention to the play calling and, and the game planning and all these other things that were going around him in the culture that was there, then he, he would not have been able to get it done that way. Right. Uh, so I think that's probably the answer to, to that question. Why not? Why wasn't he more involved uh, then? Because, you know, looking back at last year, the defense wasn't the problem. The defense is the one that kept them in these games. You know, like look at the Purdue uh, game, you know, look at, uh, you know, uh, Maryland when they need to make stops. So it wasn't the problem until now. So it, it brought up the opportunity or the need, I should say, um, to step in now, and uh, uh, you know he, he rightfully so, and, and is doing that. 
I I I do agree, and hopefully hopefully it will make a difference. Let's let's find out. I mean, I guess that that's something to at least have a little bit of hope for, right? Let's see whether or not against Northwestern we do a little better, or, or against I don't know about the other teams, but let's see if we do a little better. Can we put together an offense that actually has some idea of what the heck it is they're doing? Can our receivers get separation? Can our running backs? run with purpose, and uh, Pacheco certainly seems to have that energy. I see that. I don't necessarily see it with um, Blackshear's being used a lot, and I'm hoping that maybe they move him to a, a different position. I don't, not certainly offensive, but, but you know, maybe a slot, maybe a, a hybrid a running back and, and receiver because he's leading the team in, in receptions, right? He's, he's the receiver that, that – Art goes to the most and seems to connect with the most. So it would be good to have two running backs where Pacheco is perhaps able to get into a better gear, into a higher gear. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, you know, the game has changed in that matter where you do have receiving back and you have running backs, and you can never have enough running backs anyway. Uh, you know, so you know, I agree with that. Um, you know, you also mentioned in terms of uh, without a doubt, they're going to have to hit the graduate transfer scene hard this year. Uh, you know, one of the things I would like to see is, is, is find a big body receiver. You know, you know, like a couple of years ago, you know, they were able to get uh, who was it? Terzilli, different type of player, but you know, they have yeah. like players out there who are, who, who can offer that. And, um, you know, one of the things looking at this, this pro style or, or even, uh, any type of offense, you got to get a guy that can sometimes you just toss the ball up there and, and it's, you know, that Brandon Coleman type of body, you know, that Harrison and Wright and those big type of bodies that could shield somebody up and go up for, you know, what they call the proverbial 50-50 ball. And, uh, you know, I think those are, are some of the positions that they're going to have to scour the whole country to, to, to find. And, you know, the graduate transfer route is one way. Obviously, you mentioned junior college um, is the other way. But, uh, you know, going to have to be creative in terms of finding talent. Well, given that, given that next year is the 150th anniversary, we better do something. We're going to be getting a spotlight, and we're going to be under a microscope. And, and having a 1-11 year and following it up with anything that even resembles that – what I'd like to hear, if you, it's certainly done in baseball, from worst to first. And right now, let's face it, we are basically worst. We're probably the worst team within the, within the uh, FBS. I, I, don't, I don't care whether or not we beat Texas State or not. That's irrelevant to me at this point. Everybody else has not been uh, – we haven't really been competitive. And um, I'd like to see us go – we're not going to we're not going to be first within the in the division. We won't be first in the Big Ten, but let's get to a point where at least we're at five hundred. That seems to be a reasonable jumping off point. Let's get to a bowl. In order to do that, we've got to win those. We've got to win the out of conference stuff, and we've got to knock off a couple of teams. And um, let's just hope for the oh, best. Oh yeah, I mean, the, 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 for, the, the formula was there. The formula was set up. Uh, you you know you you got you got to win. If you, you win three conference games and you win your three non-conference games, and, and that's six games right there. I mean, the, the, the formula was set up this year with, you know, what looked like, you know, Kansas, you know, Buffalo and Texas State, and that was your three, and then you pull off uh, three 
you know, like you did. It's interesting that Northwestern is coming this week because I've always said, you know, if there was two programs, uh, you know, that I was looked at as, as Rutgers, um, one was, you know, Michigan State and another one was Northwestern. Not so much Michigan State now because they've been pretty successful over the last 10 years, but, you know, Michigan State in the past where, you know, occasionally they would have these years where they were top 25 teams, you know, they would have players, you know, Kirk Cousins, you know, you go way back, you know, Lorenzo White, you know, guys, and you would have these good years, uh, you know, then they would have years where they struggled, you know, where they weren't 500, they didn't go to a bowl, and, and that was life, but you would have exciting rivalry games, uh, you would have years where, uh, you know, it, it was competitive, and, and that's, you know, uh, no one, I think, it was dreaming, especially with Penn State returning to prominence, that uh, winning the Big Ten is, is is reasonable to expect at this point, obviously. But but you know these teams are are have these type of years here and there, and you know are competitive and uh, give you some excitement every you know year, whether it's night games and you know moments like that and. Uh, you know, that's what I think Rutgers should aspire to is, is you know, at the very least, uh, a Northwestern, uh, you know, or you know, like a Michigan State. Uh, yeah, the, the only thing on the only thing on that, my only comment would be is I don't know that aspiring to be Northwestern or Michigan State, like how do you get there? You got it, again, it's coaching on the one hand. D'Antonio was successful against us when he was in Cincinnati, right? And then Kelly took over, right? Or I, I forget who it was. It, it might have been Jones. I can't remember. But the fact is, is that D'Antonio did come from, from Cincy, right? He was there, and he beat us a couple of times. He was pretty successful. Uh, Northwestern yep. had a run back in yeah, there, whatever Pat, it was. Pat, you know, Pat, Pat Fitzgerald uh, is a good coach. He's got a good point. So, But, yeah, you know, but, we but, know where but, we got to be, where, where we got to go. So I think uh, it's, it's a matter of getting there. But, um you know, what I want to do now is kind of focus a little bit on, on uh, you know, like we said, what are some of the things that we can see on the field uh, over the next couple of weeks? Um, you know, our next guest uh, is uh, Brian Francesca of the uh, Scout 24-7 Sports. He's a contributor over there, and uh, he put together a pretty good uh, article on, uh, you know, where Rutgers – will be red shirting what players and what's interesting about that, of course, if not familiar is with the new rule, um, players are allowed to play four games not just at the beginning of the season, any four games. So uh, that's a good talking point. And then, you know, let's find about some of the players that we're going to see over the rest of the year. So um, before we go, I want to welcome Brian to the show. Hey, Brian. What's up? How you doing? So um, thanks for coming on. Uh, I was talking a little bit about, I was excited to uh, see, you know, your note that uh, your post uh, earlier today, you know, talking specifically about some of the young players that, uh, you know, Rutgers will have opportunities to either redshirt or play this year. And I think in a season like this, what, what will get fans a little bit, you know, keep their interest going is, you know, kind of learn about, uh, you know, what is the youth that they're going to see out of Yeah, I think uh, I think that's an interesting point. I think that's really the one of the few things people have to look forward to uh, for the last five games of the season. Uh, obviously, both start the table. So, 
you know, specifically on my side, I'm, you know, kind of interested that uh, we talked about, you know, Coach Oz coming on, you know, take a little more responsibility on the defense. Uh, you know, defensively, you know, what do you see some players, you know, particularly like on the linebackers or, or, or you know, younger players that may start to get more involved in the game that haven't been before? Looks like we may have lost uh, Brian for a moment, but um, you know, I'll talk a little bit about you know just kind of looking from from his uh, post earlier in the day. Uh, you know, we talked about from the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, Mo, which are some of the guys that you you know might be interested in seeing uh, over these last uh, couple of weeks? Well. I think it starts with the line. I mean, you know, again, I'm not an X's and O's guy, but I think we have to see some improvement on our line. So I, I had some questions about whether or not um, Mika would be seeing the field. Um, I actually posted that today and it doesn't look like it's happening, but I was just wondering, you know, is, is he still with the program? Is everything okay? And hearing that there's some issues that need to be worked out, but I really would like to see him on the field. It would give us more depth. And he seemed to be a really quality player as well as a quality person. Uh, his brother or half-brother, Beatty, I wondered how far along he was in this process, whether he's going to be on offense or defense. Again, a line guy. And uh, I think there was a guy named O'Neill, right? Because we've had some problems. Uh, Tariq Cole, who's been, you know, what, our, our tackle, has been either injured or really not playing as well as perhaps we would hope. At least that's my impression. If our offensive line was controlling the line and controlling the scrimmage, then I think that would at least give Art more time and would also open up the running game. I mean, it's what's the good of having a four-star recruit or you know running back or a wide receiver if the line isn't capable of giving protection and opening up holes? Oh, yeah, no, no, no. So, I, I, absolutely. I think, I think. Um, so, so it looks like we lost Brian. Unfortunately, had a bad connection. But you know, I can talk a little bit about uh, you know what he had put together um, in his article. And uh, you know, so Clark you know, had played two games, uh, you know, against Texas State and Maryland. Um, it seems like he's kind of being uh, headed towards uh, a redshirt season uh, right now, um, and. You know, you mentioned uh, Raekwon O'Neal. He was a little banged up. He did look like he was on pace to play uh, as he got in early. Uh, but, but again, another guy who probably they're not going to want to, you know, waste that eligibility on him if he's only going to play, you know, more than two games at this point. Now, one thing Coach Ash talked about it with his rule, which which is really something that I never thought about at this point is, when you have guys who played one or two games, what the rule allows you to do is let's say you have a catastrophic injury and, you know, like you mentioned, Cole, Cole goes out. Uh, then you plug in, you know, O'Neal and, you know, he has to play, he has to play. But if you don't have to give up that year of eligibility, then, you know, you can put him, spot him out for the next two games and still keep him. So that's where the rule makes really a lot of sense for, for these guys and for the coaches is, at the end of year depth where, uh, you know, you kind of hold off a guy uh, knowing that you can play him once or twice more and, 
and then that's it. But if an injury takes place, you know, then then he goes in. I thought I, maybe I'm misunderstanding it. I thought it was four. I thought that they had the ability of of going yeah, four games. Four. Uh, right. So you could play four. So so that's the thing where guys are. If you're already at the two game level, you know, let's say you make a decision and say, well, if, if he's not better than, you know, or he's not ready to start, then uh, I'll hold him out. But let's say uh, a starter gets injured in the last two games of the season. You could then still play him. He plays his two games and, and he now has four games, but you could still redshirt. So I think that's where it, it, it adds value in terms of uh, dealing with you know, injuries at the, end, at the end of the season. Okay, well, uh, I, we're going to need improvement there. Um, I'm not really a line uh, expert, and uh, I'm not an expert really in any of it. I just know what I like. I'd like to see some of our <laughs> well, receivers just... step up. I'd, I'd like to see our receivers step up. I mean, stepping up meaning pr- produce. I want to see some production. I want to see them go after the ball. If Art's throwing a ball and you're near it, and it's going to be intercepted. They should be damp- they should be knocking it out of the other guy's hands. They need to play defense. We've seen. They, in other words, I want to see him get some of those fifty-fifty balls. And there's some interceptions that have been that have taken place that perhaps could have been at least avoided had they been more aggressive. There needs to be some kind of drill. I don't know what that is. Some kind of practice. But I think it starts with the individual. They have to be aggressive enough. They have to be hungry enough, and um, well, I'm I hoping that you, that's going to happen. I think you, you mentioned it has to come from the individual. I don't, think, I, don't think you teach, I don't think you teach a player, hey, the ball's going to get intercepted. You fight for your life to make sure that it doesn't get intercepted. Yeah, if a guy doesn't do that, he doesn't play. And I think that's the problem with his team in general. They're not enough talent to say, wow, I didn't hustle for that ball, so – the next guy is going to play next next down, and and, and that's 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 where competition you, you know uh, motivates you more than anything else. If if you're not going for that fifty fifty ball, then the next guy will, and and you know that you know that's that's why these programs you know people always talk about the stars and you know hey you don't need four stars, but yeah I tell you what you look at Ohio State could you imagine their their practices like what goes on? I remember. You know, years ago when Miami was was at its top, uh, you know, they he, Jerome Brown was like a backup. So, do you imagine your linemen going up against your backups and or that are future NFL guys? Like it, it's it, it's it's got to be crazy. So, I think that's where the talent also causes some issues, and and that's why I like to see some you know bring some graduate transfer guys who are in here that they're hungry, they're trying to make their last move to the NFL and. Uh, you know, that might make in, in, at least in the wide receiver ranks, I think that that'll make a difference, but uh, you know, we mentioned another guy, uh, you know, alongside, um, this obviously gets a lot of talk about it. Interesting to see what happens with, with uh, uh, Lewis at the tight end position. It, 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 you know, it seems like he's going to stay in that spot. Um, right now they are three other tight ends. So, you know, He's a guy. Do you play him another two games and then shut it down, or you know, I don't know what how many games he's up to already. Maybe he might be up to. Uh, I'll take a look right here. I think he might be up to already his uh, his third game. But 
you might just shut it down so he can take a whole year or, you know, off season to prepare to make that move, right? He's at three games. So, so he's got one more game in him and they have to make that decision. Well, um, again, uh, Shameen Jones, uh, I'd sure like to see Melton have some kind of production besides the, the, the runs that he's making, the, the jet sweeps. I'd like to see him catch four or five balls a game. I'd like to see a deep ball that's actually completed. Uh, I don't think we've had one so far this season that I'm aware of. Uh, if it was, maybe it was in the Texas game, but I don't remember it. And um, I think, I think, so I think those are, there's, some, there's, there's a lot where we want to see, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think there's a difference between what we want to see and, and these guys getting it done. So, I mean, I see what you're saying. You want to see the guys step up, but um, I, We'll also have to see a little bit of competition from 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 the younger players too. When you threaten your your playing time, and I think that also make guy, push guys a little bit. But uh, so I mean, I think at this, you, you know, we 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 kind of chat a little bit about you know the guys that we want to see. Um, can't beat you know beat a dead horse with uh, you know what the bigger picture items that we would like uh, potentially you know in terms of. Uh, administration-wise and, and running the team. So let's see if Ash moving over to making some uh, more responsibility in the defense makes a difference. But, um, you know, I think uh, it's a interesting situation that's going to take place at the stadium this week. Uh, it's homecoming. I don't think anyone ever wants to see a, an empty stadium, a homecoming. Uh, and, you know, I think we just have to deal with this game and deal with the season like uh, uh, and see how it all plays out. Yeah, the, pro- the problem for both of us and for everybody, whether we would have had a guest on or not, is we're all sort of in a boat that's leaking and we've all tasted the water and we all have life rafts on and we're all hoping whether it's Chris Ash or whoever the next coach is, but for right now it is Chris Ash, we're hoping he can turn it around. I know that I'm, I don't wish him any bad luck. That's not it. But we have to see it. It has to produce on the field. And when you look around and you see the other teams, uh, for example, Minnesota, who had the same, uh, who had a quarterback who's at IMG the same time as um, as Art, and he's been more successful. And there's some other guys like that, other freshmen who have been successful this year, quarterbacks. You kind of wonder, and, and even Art had a game a couple, of, a couple of games ago against Illinois. It was a drive there. I think he was nine for nine, right, in the second quarter. That's right. That's um, right. That, that was why people had a little bit of, you know, hope going into this game. So, ah, it, right. it is what it is. So, I think um, we got to, you know what, we, we used to do the um, predictions. And, at, you know, did we, did we do it last week? I don't remember. I think we gave up on it. <laughs> I don't know whether we could do a different twist. Like, I, look, I hate to make fun or even, you know, uh, make light of it, but I don't know, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen some of these statistics where uh, it, it, it's uh, NJ.com had it and some boggling, mind boggling statistics where Rutgers, uh, I think it was against, um, maybe it was Indiana or, or, or even Illinois where, in just a matter of four plays, they've given up 
200 yards and in, I think, four games already. We're, we're basically, you know, the, the opponent team is getting 400, 500 yards. 200-plus come on only four plays. I mean, the, these, you know, so maybe instead of doing, like, what's the score going to be like? How many 50-yard plays for touchdowns is we going to give, give up this week? And maybe we can track progress through that way. But uh, I, I don't know what to do. But uh, I'll let you. Do you want to give your prediction this week? I predict that the game will take place. And uh, how, about, how, about, how about a real uh, a shocker? Rutgers 24, Northwestern 20. There's, there's absolutely no logical reason why that will happen. It's an act of faith. That's it. I'm, 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 I'm looking for something. I'm looking for an act of faith, a miracle. That's it. So that, that's my thought process. Well, it's about time we won one. There's no reason not to. Um, an interesting fact, this is actually Rutgers has never lost to Northwestern. They're 3-0 against Northwestern. Now, those... Plays, you know, this is the first time obviously meeting in the Big Ten. Uh, I'm actually interested to see a different team. It's always fun when you see somebody, you know, different in the stadium. But, uh, you know, hopefully they keep that 3-0 and streak perfect. I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Well, as I said, it's, it, I, I appreciate, you know, we're talking about competition. But competition, uh, you know, as I said earlier, it, it, it's kind of cool to see so many podcasts out there and, you know, guys are still, you know, plugging away at it. Uh, you know, I think uh, there was like six in total. You know, maybe not everybody's doing every week as it gets tough. And uh, it's great having, you know, you guests because it keeps me going too, you know, and uh, it gets tougher. But, you know, there's there's only so much that we can uh, go over. But I, I appreciate it. I think it's, you know, hopefully those who are still listening, uh, you know, get their kick out of, out of you know, following the podcast and the show. Uh, you know, giving everybody a little bit of a forum to listen and hear some of the thoughts that they're probably thinking. And uh, all we can do is do this to, as, as you once said, as, as therapy for us uh, fans. <laughs> well, um, let me know when Freud shows up. I'm a Freudian. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thanks to everybody for uh, another edition of the show and, uh, you know, this is our fan Jerry, of course, uh, records Mo, and we'll uh, be on next week as we have and continue going. And uh, uh, another one in the books for the R Big Show. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.